Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey everyone and welcome to the FLA Cats Hockey Podcast. This is your host David Rodriguez with my co-hosts Ryan Keelan and Kirby Lupel. Ryan, how are you doing today? Hope everything is well. Um, it's not well. The the sports in the sports world we're we're not looking great this weekend for all my teams, but uh the Heat are struggling. The Panthers, they got a point, but Hurricane and the Hurricanes suck. So other than that, I'm doing pretty well. What about what about you, Kirby? I don't know. This this is a this is a start of a rough weekend here. Um cut snow today. <laughs> Tampa Bay loss yesterday. It's like the hangover loss. Um, you know, we're not gonna speak too much on the Cowboys this week because we got a lot of Panthers stuff we have to focus on here. But hopefully they'll rebound here um this week ahead. So yeah, it's been an interesting week here, David and Ryan and uh, Panther land. A lot of news on the ice, but also off the ice. Kirby, uh, we're trying to get you to move here. You're well, not listening. Well, today would be the day. No more snow. <laughs> too early. I want snow after Halloween, not before. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Like Kirby said, a lot of action for the Panthers throughout the week. Last time you heard from us, the Panthers had just come off a loss in Boston. Uh, also losing all-star defenseman Aaron Ekblad in the process. So the Panthers had a little bit of a struggle coming back home to start their uh, homestand against the Philadelphia Flyers. Started off well. Carter Verhage got his first two goals in the first period. Alexander Barkov assisted twice on those goals. So it was good to see Carter Verhage back on the score sheet early in that game against the Flyers. Uh, the excitement was there. The, ener- the, building, the energy in the building was electric. And I know, Ryan, you were on your feet when Turn My Swag On turned on. Um, I was the second time, not the first time. <laughs> I mean, both, both goals were, were, were great shots, patented Carter Verhage, uh, wristers that just, you know, are, always seem to go in. So you could see it. The, the crowd was electric. It was fun. It was a great environment. Uh, you know, flyers credit to them. They made a game of it coming back from that two nil deficit to tie it two two at the end of the second period. But Brian, the big guy you're on, Rudolph Balzers, you were critical on him in the first three games, got the uh, the third goal to uh, to get his first goal of the year. How, how did you feel about Rudolph Balzers' goal? So we were we were actually speaking, I believe it was, uh, he scored in the third, right? Yeah, we were talking, we were talking right after the end of the second in front of uh, Pantherland, and I was I was kind of hard on him, and I was like, this guy sucks, blah, 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 and then, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he finally scored, and then he scored last game as well, so... He's he's looking like a you know it's, I know it's early but it, scoring more than some of our other uh, superstar players. Ryan, I've been a big fan of Balzers, and that was like a beautiful goal uh, goal score type goal and like him coming to Florida, Dave and Ryan, like his defensive metrics are off the charts. And I'm not yeah. the hugest analytics and charts guy, but that stood out for me. And I think he's done a good job um, yeah. throughout the regular season. At the end of training camp, there, David just being a really solid two way player, and now the goals maybe are starting to come. Yeah, he showed good hands against Tampa. So, yeah, Kachuk with an assist on that play, and then Sam Bennett with the primary that uh, kind of sprung. Sam Bennett was the best player on the ice that night, David. Yeah, it sprung Balsers loose, and Balsers with a nice forehand, backhand deke to go top shelf uh, to beat Sandstrom was a a lovely goal for him. So, credit to Balsers getting his first of the year. Kachuk getting his third assist this season and Sam Bennett getting his second. And David, another problem with the three stars. Remember the game prior, two games prior, Bob didn't get a star. What was that in, on the island? And then Sam Bennett didn't even get a star in that game. And I'm like, he's the best, he's the best player on the ice for <laughs> both sides. So I've had issues with the three stars, but I know it's not a big deal. It's a little thing. I don't, I just think the media just sometimes mails it in, but yeah. he was, I thought clearly the best player on the ice for both teams. Yeah, Sam Bennett, like he, like you were critical of him coming into this off into this season, has performed well. I would say in the first five games, so credit to Bennett there. And then he also him and Kachuk again pair up to get a pair another uh, uh, assist on Josh Mahura's first goal of these year. Uh, so Panthers took a four two lead, looking good into the to the to the finish line. Uh, Flyers got a, a goal with like about two seconds left to make it four three. And Bobrovsky got his uh, his win that night, and Panthers look good. Rebounded good off 
struggling loss in Boston. Uh, we also know Montour didn't play against the Flyers, so back line was kind of banged up with Kierstead and Carlson being called up that night. And so, David, we have a rematch with them um, this upcoming week, and I think it could get a little chippy there. They're youngster sealer. He was getting into some stuff between whistles, and you know Kachuk's always going to be in the middle of that. So that'll be interesting. The matchup in Philly uh, coming up on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's a couple games before that, but uh, Flyers just look good. They were three and zero coming into that game. Since then, they haven't played, so they're three three and one. Uh, so credit to them. Tortorella has done a good job trying to fix them over there. So uh, we'll see him again, and hopefully, we can get another win. But I I got a, a one little tidbit for that game. Going back going back to a little gambling, the over under was six and a half, mm, and the yes. Flyers scored with three <laughs> seconds left to hit the over. So it was like a really bad beat. Yeah. Ryan, I heard something about your boy uh, Biz because uh, I was watching the national telecast. He said mm-hmm. the Panthers at the beginning of the game are not a lock to make the playoffs. And he also Ooh. quoted was quoted at saying that Brandon Montour is the best defenseman on the Panthers. And I love Brandon Montour. That's wow. what that title of the lineup. But that was a bit of a slight at uh, Gustav Forsling there. And then as the game went along, the the national broadcasters in the studio, Rick Tockett, uh, Biz Nasty, they started to give the Panthers a little bit more credit and said the Flyers can't keep playing this way. The Panthers are coming strong. So I think People, when they watch our game as a game as the game unfolds, it's opening their eyes up to, you know, this team might not be look as great as they did on paper like they did last year, but this is still a pretty good hockey team. For sure. And I don't know if you guys saw, if you guys heard during Balser's goal, they actually said Huberdo in the process of his goal. I was like, what? <laughs> I saw the replay. I was like, how does that guy mix that up? It's not like I Balser. think I saw some Flames troll account uh, tweet Balser, that one out. Balser's not even uh, number 11. So I, I don't know. I don't know if he was trolling or, uh, or what, but. Yeah, Panthers, successful opening uh, night for them at home. So, you know, all eyes shifted to Tampa. Uh, You know, we know the rivalry. We know the history. We know the playoff uh, lack of success with them. So first taste at them in the opening game uh, against them. Ryan, what what were you feeling coming? Can I just jump in here, David? There's a terminology, and you're really good at these terminologies, knowing everything on social media. You're like a savant when it comes to that, David. But there's a terminology that likes to come. Yeah, I think so, Ryan. I'm going to give him credit here for sure. But there's a term in the spaces world. You know, I try to try to do my homework, you know, how I can be a better host and different things like that. Uh, Spaces host, they'll have they'll have speakers on. They'll say, just let this person cook. So Ryan, I'd like to let you cook here on this Tampa Bay, Florida game. You go ahead. You want to let me cook up. The only thing I want to say about this game. Well, a couple of things. I mean, first one uh, is the power play is still awful. I believe we were 0 for 5 Kirby. Is that right? I know you're the stats guy. I'm gonna let you. Yeah, uh, I was 0 for 5. Yeah. So what's I was thinking and what's the only common denominator that is on the Panthers power play? Huberto is gone. Ekblads hasn't been playing, obviously. Um, Kachuk wasn't here last year when when we were struggling. I, I'm starting to think it's Barkov because, I mean, he stands in the same spot. He's not moving his feet a lot. Where he's not cycling around. He's just looking to pass. He's not shooting. And our, our power play, what are we? I know you can't really say going back to last year, but we're like three for the last like 45 or whatever it may be. And I, I something something's wrong and it has to be fixed ASAP. Cause we have really good players and it's just not going in. And I don't think that's, you know, bad luck. So I have two for 18 in front of us. I don't know, David, there might be more updated numbers. on. We're 11% bottom third in the league. Our PK is top third in the league, but it's a huge issue. And I was taking a lot of angry calls last night on spaces, even ones at the rink, Ryan, about the power play and about, Barkov's utilization he's, on the power play. He's the most overrated player in the league. That poll was completely wrong. He's zero goals in five games. He's lost some people, you know, a decent amount of money because, you know, he's not scoring. And it's like, w- what's going on with him? He's still not. David said he's going to show the the bark in his name for Barkov, and I'm I'm not seeing it. So I want David to dig into that because there's different takes on that. I know David was getting some comments on that today. I think D'Lo in our Discord community. So David, I'd like you to like elaborate on that because. There could be like two, three parts to that. Well, yeah, I mean, we know Tampa games are always physical. We know that for Barkov, it's more he's more suited for open games, you know, games that are banging, games that are uh, tight in the corners. You know, he 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 doesn't necessarily thrive at his best in those games. So for me to say that he's the most overrated player in the league uh, from Ryan and then, you know, Katz also was saying that in our Twitter spaces. Win a uh, playoff series. He's won one. Yeah. 
it, it, it's a different type of bark that I'm referring to with the, the bark of it. You know, let's say he scores that second goal or whatever, and they still lose. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I maybe make some money, but, but at the end of the day, you know, a game in October against Tampa, if we lost in well, overtime, we have to match up against Tampa and Toronto. Sure, but it's a pattern where they own us. But you guys said it at the start. The power play was the thing that struggled, and that's always what has happened against Tampa. Their power because play, of Markov. their power play went, I believe, two for seven or two for six. So not the best from them, but still, they scored two power play goals. And at the end of the day, the power play goal for them was the yeah. I don't think our PK is an issue, even with them scoring those goals no. late. I think it was two for seven, so that's so not like the I issue. Said, but with, power play. With, and with I have a problem have too. Like yeah. at defense right now, I don't think that's an issue. No, the defense has looked okay for what we thought was available. Yeah. Uh, has looked good. Montour has looked fantastic. Um, so yeah, it was just an unlucky event, unlucky game at the end of the day. Uh, you know, but David and Ryan, is it personnel issue where where Ryan is saying, you know, get Barkov off of that spot on the power play? Maybe not necessarily off of the power play, but Where's Montur? Where's that adjustment from Maurice? And or is it more like the players? It's just not working. Like today in practice, as we're recording this, I think they've taken yeah, they the off and and put Montur on, which which I thought I wanted Maurice to do earlier in in that game against Tampa. You know, in the second period or third period when our power play wasn't clicking. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the issue I have there. But yeah, it's it it it's getting in our head as a fan base. I know it's just a game in October. I'm not as upset as some of the fans are, but. It is frustrating when it's Tampa and, you know, how the end result is. We still get a point, but... I think it's only because of how we did in against Tampa and in the whole playoffs and the power play that are, that we're kind of acting like this, but it's it's just not a good look right now. I mean, like we, you know, last year we beat Tampa, what, 7-2, 7-3, something like that, something crazy, almost 10-9, something like that. And we were like, oh, my God, this is easy. I mean... Without Vasilevsky, though. Yeah, and like I said, it was a competitive game. I liked the way that Bobrovsky looked. He looked really good. He's looked, I think, for the most part, and what he's played, I think, like 12 periods, I think he's looked at good in at least 10 of them. So, you know, Bobrovsky in the first series against Tampa, what, two years ago, was probably the one of the major issues mm-hmm. last year he yep. wasn't the issue and then this year he's looked good so far so yeah, i think his save percentage 908 he's around about what he was last year um you, you see a goal like igor his he's at 901 right now who was yeah, literally Rossi's, like a hard candidate he's 916 so 916 so even bumped up a little bit yeah you know? from last night's game so yeah but you know stamkos he credit to him he started off the scoring in the first period with a power play goal you know pad did play headman to Kucherov, Kucherov cross ice, kind of handcuffed Stamkos along the way, and a knuckle pucked into the net past Bobrovsky's, um, you know, glove. So Tampa Bob didn't st- have much of a chance there. Tampa David started off, yeah, yeah. I don't think my, Bobrovsky had much of a chance, but Stamkos with his seventh goal of the year, fantastic, fantastic start for Stamkos to say the least. But big old Matthew Kachuk responded two minutes later with his first goal against Tampa and his third of the season. Uh, assisted by Forsling and Montour. Uh, Kirby, you were watching the game uh, on TV. Uh, you know, I don't, th- was there a question if Montour got the, the goal in or it, was it kind of clear that Kachuk got the tip in? Well, again, the, the national replays is just horrible, David. And I commented on this in our community today. They don't show you different angles of the goal. The camera wasn't even close to the ice. So I was like, I, I can't see if it was deflected or tipped. But I do give them credit in the studio after the period. They showed an ISO cam and they showed Kachuk. This is what I talked about. How he moves from one side of the net to the other. He's in the corner. He's not doing anything. He draws a man. He draws another man. So they had that star cam on last night, which I think they were featuring on Matthew Kachuk. So yes. they showed that um, during the regular feed, during the intermission. So it was hard to see. I could kind of see it on uh, that he did kind of look like he got a deflection and tip on it. But yeah, the ESPN coverage is bad. Like, I, I didn't see some penalties last night, David. I was like, can I see that again? There was no <laughs> replays. I'm like, what is this, 1998? Like, where's the alternate angles? Where's the slow motion? You know, like on Valley Sports, Fox Sports, Florida through the years, they'll right. show slow motions of like a trip or, you know, different plays where there's like goalie interference. There wasn't any of that last night. So it was really hard to see, you know, the game. And, I'm, you know, I'm trying to make notes for our spaces and our podcasts and different things like that. But it did look like he did get a stick on there. But that's that's the type of, Ryan, that's the type of Kachuk goal that I like envisioned in the summertime. And Is, is Leah Hextall still on ESPN? She is, but she hasn't been on either one yeah, of our two games yet. Yeah, Thanks. that explains why the coverage is bad. <laughs> she wasn't though on that one, but uh, all right. Ray Ferraro, I think the commentators were very, 
um, nice towards us, considering that we're playing Tampa. Like, Ryan, we have not beat Tampa in the playoffs. Um, they've owned us in some games. Yes, David, we do have pretty good regular season record against them of late. But again, we have to look at like, you know, the, the national coverage, if we're getting those games on there, it's a good thing, right? So. Mm. And then, you know, going into the second period, tied 1-1, I think the big talk of early in the second period was that hit by Nikita Kucherov on Barkov. Uh, kind of caught Barkov with his back towards the boards. Uh, you could see he put his his left foot around Barkov so he couldn't turn towards the net and kind of just got him from behind, and it looked like Barkov's uh, head got crunched into the boards. Not the hardest hit, but just the Did angle. you guys want a penalty on that? But just the angle that I think Barkov went in made it awkward for him to to adjust himself, you know, and embrace himself. So I think anytime someone has their backs towards the boards, you know, Barkov isn't the guy to exaggerate and just throw his head back and, no. and try to sell it to the ref. So I don't know if that's fault to Barkov not to sell it, but it's from a fault my, of his, but shouldn't it have been a two-minute boarding call? That's from from my angle. It honestly, because I was looking towards like Barkov was looking towards me, so I didn't get to see him get hit from behind. I just saw him kind of fall. So from my angle, it didn't look like it was necessarily a hard hit. It was just kind of an awkward position to him for him to be in. And I, you know, Kucherov knows what he's doing. He's just trying to, you know, get him as close to the boards as he can because one move by Barkov towards the net and he's past him. So that's why he used that left foot as leverage. Um so for me, I think there should have been a penalty. Anything more than that, as far as suspensions and fines, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, on second look, they did. That's something they did show on the replay over and over, David. On second and third look, I was like, no, I don't think it's suspension worthy. But right. where's the boarding call when you know when Kachuk, the refs get together, like, yeah, we'll give Kachuk four minutes on this call, and you're like, what? Where did you get that extra two from? Not the one that we're going to break down, but the one previously earlier in the week you know in the boston game i think where they gave him four minutes so i don't understand why the refs didn't um get together and talk but again barkoff gets up he gets up shakes it off goes to the bench yeah he was getting his neck massage but yeah later in the game you see kucherov lay on the ice and you know do his little acting lessons and then you know sometimes that gets calls um so sometimes i don't think uh barkoff gets the calls that he deserves um ryan david you can disagree on that but if that was matthews or mcdavid last night i'm pretty sure there would have been a two-minute call yeah, that's what I was saying to my wife at the game. I was like, if that's Crosby, I would I would guarantee that's a penalty, uh, no matter who's the one doing the boarding. Well, yeah, super and Ryan, stars. you can't say McDavid and Matthews. What have they won? They haven't won. So super, Crosby. Superstars, has. superstars get the calls. If you're not a superstar and you get hit like that, like Barkov, then you're not gonna get the call. That's just he's how in the NHL goes. He's in that tier, he should get the call. No, yeah, he should. It doesn't matter who it is, if it's if it's Barkov or if it's uh, Nick Cousins, whatever it is. The call. Huberdeau last year, Marner. Like I don't know, it should be a should be a penalty. Yeah, the call should be made. So yeah, Barkov left the ice for maybe two minutes during the TV timeout, I think, and then he came out. Uh, you know, just after a few minutes, like you said, Kirby. Um, you know, after a massage or just making sure he didn't have any concussion-like symptoms. So Barkov made it back out there, and then Balser sh- scored his second of the year. Uh, again, assisted by Montour and, and Kachuk at his second point of the night, fifth assist of the season. So that puts Matthew Kachuk up to eight points in five games for him. So fantastic debut or debut start for Kachuk. I think he's only a handful of players have scored in five consecutive games to start the season in Panthers history. If not, Kachuk is the only one. But Balser's got Pavel his second. Burry or something like that? Was that the only I one? I think Ray Whitney was like at six oh, or yeah. seven, something like that okay. that I saw. So. Yeah, Balser's got his second goal at home. Uh, maybe he's going to be that guy that loves scoring at home uh, this year. But Balser's got his second. Panthers went into the third period with a two-one lead, uh, but we knew, t- you know, that lead wasn't safe no matter who it was. You know, one goal leads going into the third. You figure at home, Panthers, one of the best third-period teams last year. Uh, I think they were pretty much undefeated in in regulation um, in the third period if they had a lead. So. Tampa got one back midway through the third, tied it up 2-2. Braden Point got his second of the year. And then the OT, we know what happened in OT. Uh, Kirby, you know, you want to touch on that before I <laughs> I have my opinion on it? Yeah, I was getting some messages, um, you know, from fans even outside Panthers fan base and said, what do you think of this play by Kachuk? Um, you know, if we're talking about the breakaway there by Kucherov, yes. should you just uh, let him go rather than taking the penalty? Um, I've heard other people in the Panthers community speak on that today, uh, you know, on their podcasts and different things. But like, I think it's a reactionary play. The game is moving so fast. 
you don't have a lot of time to react. I don't think it was just necessarily a play out of frustration by Kachuk. Now, the stuff that happened after that slash, yeah, maybe that had some retribution built in there. But I, I don't know, like, yeah, I don't know how you guys feel on this. Tampa Bay wasn't rolling all night. Like, that was their C, C minus effort type game. Do you let a player like Kucherov, who is like all world, go in and take your chances with Bob making that save or you take that penalty? Like, it's very hard to make that judgment call as a fan uh, in hindsight. So I was fine with that. Um, it, it shouldn't have been a penalty shot. It should have been maybe a slashing call. Of course, we're going to put Tampa Bay to the power play, and then we're going to be PTSD and be like, well, of course, they're going to score here, and it's going to be Braden Point, or it's going to be Stamkos, you know, or Hedman. You know, we're in trouble here. But I just think, I don't know, it was the right call in the right moment. Um, Ryan, David, you can speak on a little, little bit on the stuff after the fact. Um, there, I didn't mind the stuff after. I mean, he hit Barkov like that, and – we don't have people who retaliate like that. I know it probably wasn't the best time, but it's, you know, game five in the season. It's not going to, it's not going to kill us right now. We still got a point. So I think it was maybe the best case scenario if Kachuk had to do that, you know? So the timing of it was bad, Ryan. That's what, yeah, it was, it was bad. Like, why didn't that happen with 10 minutes left in the third? Yeah. I think Johnny, Johnny filmed messaged me on that one and said, why wasn't that with 10 minutes left in the third instead of that point in the game? So I see that, but um, sometimes it's hard to even, kind of uh manufacture that if you're not out on the ice with that player and different things like that timing really bad but outside of that i didn't have problems with it david you no like you said it was a breakaway from kucherov straight on goal on Bobrovsky. you know kachuk is trying to catch up to him he takes the slashing penalty and uh you know obviously Bobrovsky makes the save so the game continues you know you figure there's going to be a two-minute penalty coming you know from that slash and then you know kachuk takes kucherov hard into the board and in the process of doing that, you know, Kachuk probably raises his hands a little bit high, close to Kucherov's face, and he just flails down like as if he got shot in the leg or something. And he just falls straight down and, you know, is in the fetal position, uh, you know, looking for the refs to come to his aid. And, of course, Kachuk is, I would imagine, in his head, he knows 86 is on the ground. He knows what 86 did to his captain earlier in the game. And he's like, I'm going to take my shots on this guy who just flailed on the ground, like as if I slashed him in the head. And I'm going to take a couple shots. And he's done that in the past with Duclair in the playoffs. And he laid there. David, you won't like this. Like a soccer player sometimes lays on the ground it's wanting true. to call. The person has to come out and spray, true, them with, with the, spray them with the ice bottle thing or whatever it's called. And then the guy magically gets up. And then Kucherov gets up like a soccer player would and would take the penalty, penalty kick. He gets out there and he's on like the next power play. <laughs> it's just like so frustrating. It's like we've seen this before. And then Cooper comes on. He's like, you know, the league has to do a better job of protecting our star players. That's what he did two years ago in the playoffs. And Q, Coach Q never said anything to that. And I had problems with that because I'm like, you're just going to let Cooper, you know, manage the refs after the games. And there was no fine on Cooper. He's loved around the league. And he, the media up here in Canada loves him. And he would have been the Olympic coach. He gets all this like favoritism. And it's just like he works the officials like during the game, after the games. And he probably said stuff last night. I didn't listen to the Tampa Bay coach last night, Cooper, because I didn't want to. Didn't want to hear it. But, um, you know, I think that's something with gamesmanship that we have to be better at. Like this isn't the first t- This isn't Kucherov's first rodeo doing this type of crap. And yeah. uh, that's, a, that's the thing that bothered me last night. Not about our effort, but stuff like that, that Kucherov continually gets away with. And, and, the, and you know, social media saying, well, you know, and they're sending me messages, Kirby, what do you think about Kachuk? Is he a dirty player now that he's on your team? Well, go and look at what Kucherov did earlier in the night with Barkov. Go look at the history that we have with him. Like, it's more than just that moment, right? And maybe Kachuk needs to harness in his emotions better, David and Ryan, some fans that are saying that. But he's new to this rivalry. He wanted to make an impression last night. What I looked at, he got another two points last night. So it wasn't like Kachuk did nothing for us last night and then just did that at the end of the game to cost us. So I think you need to give your star players some rope. Kachuk was one of the guys that did show up last night, which Ryan will say, you know, our first line's kind of been invisible. And that includes Reinhardt, who can't hit can't hit the net to save his life right now. So again, um, I give him a little leeway on that, um, just the timing of it and everything. Yeah, to wrap up the the hit and the incident there, you know, I asked a lot of people on on Instagram and Twitter, and I got a message from Zach Cohen or one of the comments on Instagram, and I kind of liked what he said. He said, the cross-check didn't necessarily cost us anything as Hedman also took a penalty. The only penalty that cost us anything was the slash. True. But But when you have Kucherov on a breakaway, it's usually a good idea to try to get the puck away from him. 
So to me, like I said, I had no problem with the slash. He had to do what he had to do. Uh, unfortunately, that led to a penalty. But what happened after that? It's just good old old style hockey. I mean, if that was, if that okay, I, I'm also gonna say if that was Barkov that was on the breakaway, fell down, and is in the fetal position, and you have, let's just say for all intents and purposes, is Patrick Maroon jabbing at at your star player's head twice with him down. As a Tampa fan, I probably won't You'd be pissed. I would be pissed as a Panther fan. So as a Tampa fan, I can see why you're you're pissed and you would want Kachuk uh to be suspended or fined in some sort of way. So yeah, from both points of views, from a Panthers point of view, you're like, great, that's awesome. As much as I like as much as I hate losing, someone said I hate Kucherov even more. <laughs> That's what but, you know, there's been so much history there. Barkov's been taken down in a headlock by Ruda, and then Ruda holds him for five seconds. And again, that's my Panther fandom talking. There's probably incidents where Tampa Bay can bring up things from our past, but we've been too nice of guys, so it's probably more come from them. And it's like, we don't stand up. She's on the other foot with Kachuk. Sorry, Ryan. We don't stand up to them, so I'm I'm glad someone did. Yeah. Well, yeah, like having Lomberg and having Bennett do what he did last year. Yeah, no. Christian Christian on Instagram also said what cost us the game was Reinhardt missing the net 80 <laughs> times. He's as, he's as ice old, ice cold as it can get. Yep. Yeah. There with were, Barkov. And, and like I said on Spaces yesterday, uh, Kirby, you know, this was probably the first time I've seen actual visual uh, frustration from Reinhardt as he skates off the ice on that. I'm, I'm specifically talking about that, what, two-on-one, breakaway that he had with with Barkov where Barkov looked like he could have taken a shot but made the I, I would assume the smart play higher chance probability of scoring by uh passing it to Reinhardt and from my angle I couldn't see how open the net was I know a lot of people on spaces were saying he had probably uh an eight foot gap of net space and you know four by four space that he could have hit fit it in and he just totally missed. And from that point, I saw him skate off the ice and he was just visibly frustrated, said a couple F-bombs as he skated off uh, to the bench. So he's definitely feeling it. And, and, you know, I talked about this beforehand, you know, as far as Reinhardt's success on the first line last year, we've all talked about it, how he wasn't very successful. But, you know, I don't know. That might be another adjustment that they need to make as far as Reinhardt being on the first line. But, you know, that translates to the power play as well. You know, he's he's on the power play, you know, one unit as well so yeah so far david your 50 goal projection of barkoff isn't looking good and mine and cody's mine and cody's projection of reinhardt potentially leading this team in points is not looking listen barkoff had uh 39 goals in 67 games so it's not out of the realm of possibility he needs 50 and 76 that's exactly the pace he was on last year. So unless unless he doesn't pick it up in the next three games, I'm out of luck. And that's if he plays every single game. Oh, so. he's was Pavel Burry coming back on the ice and suiting up? <laughs> so yeah, at the end of the at the end of the night, that penalty ultimately cost us the game. Braden Point was able to score his second of the of the year to uh, lock up the win for Tampa, who was desperately needing a win. Braden Point, the Panther killer. I respect. In fact, you know, there's three players on the Tampa Bay Lightning I respect. Vasilevsky, Hedman, and Point. And they continually haunt us and continue to kill us. But Yeah, B- Braden Point takes the number one star. Matthew Kachuk takes the second star. And Vasilevsky takes the third. So That's about as nice as I can be towards those guys. Yeah, ultimately one, one point at home, 3-1-1 one, one after five games. A lot of, you know, people upset. You know, the it's time to burn down the bridge. This is terrible. But you know, seven points out of a possible ten isn't the worst of, of a start, in my opinion. Um, yeah, so- I had them about six and five. So if you count two, and I wasn't counting um, overtime <clears throat> losses, but I would have baked in a couple there. So right. kind of on the projection curve that I hoped. Um, again, two tough matchups coming up this week against the Islanders and Flyers, two teams we've already played. So, um, you know, could stumble on one of those. It's not always easy to come oh, back eating them twice in a row so Kirby, I worry about so that a little bit I worry about that a little bit but hopefully um hopefully we come correct this week and continue to pile those points uh here on on home ice and then on the road later in the week yeah and I know Ryan's already he's already gonna be haunting me the rest of the year for bark calling that park off 50 goals. I know because you never make <laughs> predictions so I'm glad you're <laughs> I'm not glad you're gonna be wrong what was Ryan's projection projection 
prediction then if i had like reinhardt kind of leading the team they're probably all right kirby run back the chuck is a dog so check mark chuck is a dog we'll check that one off as a win um i don't know Uh, were you on were you on were you on monteur with me uh we get um some nice stuff right david we got to keep on that monteur brand we're money monteur all day every day if you want to hear good things about monteur this is the podcast you come to yeah so panthers three one and one uh, after five games, before we talk about Ryan's favorite retro jersey in Panthers history, I just want to remind everyone that it's finally time to hit the ice the, the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sporting bet partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. Reminder, new customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Ryan, Kirby, we talked about the matchup tomorrow against the Islanders. I think the Panthers will be big favorites. If you had $5 and you had a new account to make on DraftKings Sportsbook, I think the Panthers Islanders $5 bet to potentially win $200 in free bets. That's that's a gimme to me. Ryan, I'm taking the Panthers all day. So we might I, have to make a second account. Oh, I don't I think that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so don't I think Sorokin's starting a net for the Islanders tonight against the Lightning. So that would probably mean a matchup tomorrow Bar- Barlamov versus I'm thinking night, so yeah, I'm liking I'm liking our chances at a bounce and back tomorrow. Two points. Would I like the over six and a half, over six and a half Ooh. in the game. In an Islanders, 40. Islanders, they can't score for their life. They they scored this year, but it's been against the Ducks and we can't defend bad, for our life. Just wait, San Jose or something like that. So maybe, maybe. it'll be interesting. The Islanders can pot north of three, four goals tomorrow against Florida. I think I think Florida is going to keep it locked down. And then I think uh, we're scoring four and they can maybe score three. That's what I'm I'm thinking. But a reminder, you have to make a new account and just bet five dollars and you're potentially winning two hundred dollars. But if that wasn't enough, you can turn any small bet into bigger bets, uh, bigger payouts with same game same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at even bigger payouts. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Again, that's THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to team to win their first game and get $200 in free bets if they do. Again, that's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to, to put a little $5 bet on the Panthers tomorrow to win. And you have potential to win $200 in my eyes. The rest of the games are are kind of tight, but the Panthers against the Islanders, that's an easy brainer for me. No brainer for me, in my opinion. But Ryan, we can't forget, I know you loved it, like I said, the retro 2.0 by Adidas jerseys. Kirby, I know you got your eye on a few. Ryan, you got your eye on a few. But is the Florida Panthers on your list? Ryan? Um, me? Okay. Um, oh, if I had to rank them all, the Panthers would, would be anywhere from 16 to 20th, in my opinion. Wow. Um, I don't know. They're, they're kind of like the powder blues, who which everyone hates. And I just don't like that where – I know we added more colors like the last one we did for the Sundays. We kind of look like the, the penguins, but uh, to, to be honest, I didn't like it when I, uh, when I saw it from the Panthers first post about it. Cause the lighting was like horrible. Like it was really dark and I don't know the color didn't pop, but just like everything does, it looked a lot better on a player that was on a boat. And I know that won't be, you know, a real thing. Cause they'll be we on the ice. ice, Ryan. We plan. But uh, yeah, they did. Ekblad and uh they look he looked pretty good on the boat so but that's where he always is now because he's never playing but yeah now David I'm seeing just now um before I get into my rankings on where I kind of rank the Panthers jersey by the way I love the palm tree logo so that's sucking me in but I hate the I hated the jet blue jerseys and now you see people with revisionist history and I know Ryan you were going to games then that's when you were at season tickets and you were going to games they weren't popular jerseys but now in retrospect they were to someone in this in this podcast but everyone oh jet david but everyone loved the jet blues at the time which i don't remember looking nope. back at history that way at all they did not but these jerseys i'm seeing them i see a guy on twitter right now i'm just looking up um random re- reverse retro lists my favorite jerseys florida 
another guy, my favorite jersey, top five, Florida. And then you see these lists that are coming out by publications and people that are more jersey heads. All of them have Florida in the top four, five, six with Washington, Pittsburgh, uh, Arizona, which I know David Likeson is going to talk about. Uh, the Islanders fish stick one, which old school fans hated, but the new school fans will love. So I see the Panthers one easily ranked inside the top five. And from the selections that I'm seeing, I would rank it no lower than five, six, seven, eight. And I think potentially easily in the top five. And I don't like the baby blue concept, but I love that they're bringing the, the palm tree logo back. And again, it's a reverse retro. It's an alternate jersey. It's not one of our primary jerseys where we're taking our old shoulder patch of the iconic palm tree logo with the hockey stick and putting it on our full-time jerseys. This is just a reverse retro. So I kind of look at it in that frame and that scope, David. And I would definitely say it's inside the top five. Thank you for teeing me up on this, Kirby, because I've known Ryan now for 15 years, and he has no idea on fashion. He he is he is one bottom tier fashionista. I, I'm not going to be the guy sick. for that on this Kirby. one. He is bottom fashionista. I'm being slandered. A guy who had a top of a Fleischman jersey, baby blue, is going to talk about that. I've never seen that before. I didn't like that Panther head. And when people say they like that Panther head, I didn't like that. I posted within the hour or so when the jersey was released uh, a poll, uh, 500 votes on Twitter. Uh, Do you love it? Is it whatever? Do you hate it? And 65% were love it. Like you said, Kirby, ESPN ranked it number one. The Athletic athletic ranked it number one. And here we have Ryan No Fashion (laughs) Keelan. What was his ranking? Top 16 through 20. There's some bad jerseys, Ryan. Have you seen the whole list? Yeah, I could. uh, Carolina's is horrible. Vegas has a horrible jersey. Vegas is trash. Everyone loves it. It's trash. When did letters become popular on a hockey jersey? It's letters. When did that become popular? Detroit sucks. sucks. I don't like Calgary because of the little, like, the cross stripe at the bottom. Calgary is garbage. Columbus with the black jersey. It's garbage. Like, there's so many that are garbage. There's a lot of bad ones. The Panthers are a little better than those. I'll give them that. Yeah, they moved up your list. They moved up his list, David. They're top. They're top five in my opinion. And you know, I know fashion. Uh, to say my blue Fleischman from two thousand and whatever is uh is outdated. It's outdated, but it was a hot buy at the time. You know, we called them the Flash for nerds. Fifty percent off at the Panther store, so it had to be a get. A, a, a like once in a lifetime. Deals. Yeah, That's it was a good deal, and you'll never see a jersey like that again. So Ryan, right now, David is the voice. David is the voice of the people. They're like, David, how do I get this jersey? He always is. Did I do that? He's helping out the community. It's even signed. El Capiano, I'm saluting you in my kitchen, in my living room. He always tries to appeal to the the masses. Listen, it's a signed Fleischman retro. That means it's popular if it's the masses. Jersey. It's only signed by Fleischman, so it's not the one where it has signatures all over the place. So it's a one and a kind. I mean, Thomas Fleischman was a fantastic player for the Panthers. But – yeah, yeah. Some notables from my point of view that I really liked, and you'd like them too, Ryan, were the Boston Bruins, the old-fashioned bear. Oh, I love um, that bear. It's really nice, really cool. They brought that one back from 98. Um, It yeah. was kind of questionable at the time because of the history of Boston being original six, but I think it grew on the fan base, and it's nice that they're, they're bringing it back. Yeah, I, although the team that I'm about to mention next isn't very good on the ice, I think the Arizona Coyotes had a really nice one. Uh, with that old school coyote that they put on there. I know the sharks were on the top, quite a few of the top lists. It just says sharks, but the way that the lettering is and the coloring scheme mm. is, is really nice. But well, what about Pittsburgh and Washington and New York? Those are some classic yeah, ones. Yeah, I like Those the Pittsburgh. classics. Just I don't know. Uh, they weren't like too different, you know. Like the Panthers is different. I get that, but. Those are kind of like, you know, just back to what they were. I know it is retro, but. But Ryan, those are the ones that are ranked up, up there with Florida, according to the Jersey. Who are these people ranking these the things? Anaheim, you know I'm going to make my own list. Screw it. I'll make my own list. and I'm Ryan's gonna... bringing his own list next week, David. And I want to see this list. And he's going to be like, David, Kirby, I think I owe you an apology. He doesn't know Panthers fashion. jersey is top five. Some of the other jerseys you mentioned are top five. All and again, right. I'm not a huge jersey head, but I know the historical of the game. Original six teams, when they brought in those uniforms in 90, uh, jerseys in 98. And then all the different 
adaptations like the calgary one's not good like there's so many out there they're just i'm looking at them right now they're not good winnipeg should have been way higher i'm seeing that bottom tier that's one of the worst takes i love that color scheme people are like well they didn't go out there much it's way better than the new logo they came back with with going back with the classic again the ducks coming back with wild yeah, wing there like the that's that's a nice one uh david i know you like the kings one the king, i like the king's colors yeah the nice purple and white and the gold around the, the kings have always had nice colors Kings Those are nice. But listen, there's a reason I call Ryan Ryan Khaki Skeelan because that's all he wears. He doesn't wear jeans. He always wears the khakis. It's like, you can't take fashion advice. I used to be a khaki guy. I've gone back to more of the jeans. Some <laughs> girls said I had to up my game and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. All right, the girls, I like that. Uh, Tampa was on the bottom of a lot of people's lists. I saw it was just kind of like all over the place there i don't like that one do you guys like it no it it looked like it looked like detroit and uh who was it chicago just kind of submitted their submission at like 11 59 at midnight before the they had a turn wow it was really bad they just caught what about colorado's the throwback to like the 70s there uh that's cool that's it's like what the the it's like the flag right it's the yeah i think i think maybe the former calgary captain lanny mcdonald i think he wore that with the Colorado franchise back then right. in the 70s. So it's kind of an yeah. ode to that, I think. Yeah, I saw that. I think the Canes is Canes or is just like a, a version of their current jerseys, just like a few different colors or something. Letters. Again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't but... I don't like the letters or basketball or like you know oh, varsity stuff. I don't know. A lot of people said they bought them, they pre-ordered, they're they're coming in. So a lot of excitement for the Florida Panthers one. You know, I, I'm sure Ryan, as soon as he sees me wearing it on April, on November 15th, he, he'll he'll want to. What players are going to be David? Are you putting? I don't know. I, I don't know. I I just got my my Kachuk jersey. I don't know if I'm going to be getting the retro jersey anytime soon. Ryan, did you at least like the reverse retro of Florida last year? Would you say that was that was top three jersey too, right? It, David? See, David says, "Oh, I bash all the jerseys." I did like that one. I was I almost bought it in the Tampa series. I almost I almost bought it. I'm thinking of buying one, that one, but they were sold out. So yeah, I'm thinking of buying that and putting like a bark off or Luongo or something like that. On and it. a good just, player on it, like just, yeah, Luongo. Just do what that one fan did at the uh, the home opener. He he taped the Huberdos <laughs> and put like a yeah. like a nine on it and then crossed out the Huberto with tape and wrote in his hand Kachuk. And he even Armando kind of, took that picture, right? And yeah, Armando, with. who I met up with, and then Alex as well. Um, and then the guy that did that actually met up with Kachuk's dad at the, at the game. What? Yeah, so he took a picture of with his jersey with the Kachuk in the, that had a Huberto on it before with uh, Keith. So with Keith? Pretty, wow. Yeah, with Keith. He was a surly guy. He doesn't like signing autographs and pictures. He must come along with Ah, there's a, there's a, last night, the other night was Brooks Kapka was at the, at the game, and you know, the it's a hot ticket. The Panthers are a hot ticket. When are they getting Ariana Grande? My friends always ask me that. Kirby, when is Ariana Grande coming back? Probably never. <laughs> yeah, because Ryan scared her off. I think time. no. I think she's on Broadway right now. But I did scare her off a little bit. I yeah, creeped her out. You made her. You made her expose where she was, and everyone else was trying to get a picture because you that makes that makes sense. Play. I've Okun kicked you off his lawn then. No, I no Ariana. I called it out to Ryan. I said, Ryan, go across the arena. Ariana Grande's in that booth. So I see him scooting his way up during I the intermission, and he got a nice picture that's going to be legendary in his uh, photo album forever. You haven't shared that in our group chat. People, people, <laughs> I've seen people post that online. So it's a yeah, nice picture of Ariana in a Panthers jersey. People go crazy for that. My stuff. friends up in Canada would probably want to see that there. Right? <laughs> all right, back up. I know on November fifteenth, it's going to be a, it's going to be all over the ice, and then or all over the arena, and then we play them, we wear them when we play Calgary. So it'll be a nice touch. Uh, on that return for Huberto and and uh, Weger, but Kirby, I know we talked a little bit before. I just wanted to mention a little bit on on Huby and Weger. Now that I mentioned them, there's been a lo- quite a few chatter on Twitter of of them turning on Huberto right now. Three shot. He only has three shots on the season. He has no goals. Same thing as Barkov, like four, three, four assists, and I think every single one has come on the power play. Zero on five on five. Um, so yeah, you're seeing. You know, Kachuk has eight points. Uyghur and Huberto have four and three combined for seven. So right now, yeah. say Kachuk is a, a little bit of a head start. David, um, Nick from our Spaces Community Cowboys fan, um, he was in our chat last night. He was Cowboys. at the game, and he said he met a Calgary couple 
that wanted to come down to Florida just to see the Battle of Florida. And I thought, like, okay. that's really big that, like, people are coming down to Canada. They're not going to see their Oilers, their Flames, their Jets, their Canucks. They're coming down to watch the Battle of Florida. And they said, yeah, it's just not clicking yet. They, they like what they see from Huberto. They said this about Uyghur. They said he looks good for most of the game. And then there'll be one or two plays where he delays with the puck and is holding on to the puck too long and decides where to move. Again, this is only from two two fans from Calgary area that are Flames season ticket holders. But again, this was a very interesting take. And they, I, I think the issue with Huberto is he doesn't have that right winger. Where we in Florida, I talked about this on Spaces last night, we're struggling right now where Balzer's been great, but we're struggling with Reinhardt and who we have on, um, you know, with just Colin White. Does he fit on that third line? Who's on our fourth line right wing? We had a lot of question marks coming into the season. And the Flames had the same thing. And I've heard on the telecast up here, Eric Francis has commented saying, Huberto's making these all-star legendary passes, but the Flames players, they don't have their sticks on the ice. They're not ready for these plays. So I think that's a little bit of chemistry build, but I also think the Flames are pretty thin on the wing side to the opposite of Huberto. And that's that's going to be one of their struggles this year. And if they're not keeping the puck out of the net with a uh, former Florida Panther goalie, uh, Jacob Markstrom, then that's going to be an issue for the Flames as well. So yeah, there's been interesting, you know, they started off hot, I think 3-0, and and then yeah. Buffalo handed it to them the other night. Buffalo took I, both teams in Alberta, Edmonton I, and Calgary. So I think we look pretty good against Buffalo when Buffalo comes out here on the road, Western Canadian road trip, and they win both games. So I text Ryan. I text Ryan uh, when it was 1-0 Calgary. I said, Put, you got to look at Buffalo. They looked good, but Calgary got one in. And sure enough, I, I made the nice call. I don't make them all the time, but uh, I called that one. <laughs> Carolina and uh, Calgary play tonight. I know this is going to be airing after the game's over, but what do you think, Kirby? I, I think Calgary, Calgary's really good under Sutter. They'll come back with like usually a bounce-back win. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's hard for these Eastern Conference teams to come out here and take every game. I uh, Carolina had a tough loss the other night there to Edmonton. So um, I know Edmonton was losing earlier to Buffalo. I don't know how that one finished. They, they lost, I believe. They lost, yeah. See? So, like, everyone, like, t- like you know, it was a low-scoring event, low-event game. You know, the McDavid's of the world. I know Ryan will get, you know, back to, circle it back to the Panthers and Barkov here. Matthews and Marners have started slow. I mentioned this last night to our fan base. That's really upset right now with our first-line lack of production and just that having that, like consistency, but it, it's all around the league, David and Ryan. There's teams that, you know, haven't come out of the gate good. And, you know, you look at the Flyers, they start 3-0. and Like, are they really going to maintain that? So it's kind of been wacky around the league. And I think, like, David, we just got to tread water, wait for Ekblad to come back, get some of these deep pairings clicking. We're getting good goaltending. Second line's been dynamic. So just look around the league. There's been issues, you know, look how Tampa has started, right? They needed that. They really needed that last night against Florida. So hopefully we're able to rebound and come back and be – really strong this week and continue to collect more points. Yeah. Really eager for that Islander game. You know, they're going to be at coming off of the Tampa challenge over the night and then fly into to Florida in the morning. Um, so, you know, eager to see the Panthers respond. Uh, you know, it's good to see Montour back, hopefully 100% healthy. Forsling has looked fantastic. I think he's skipping pretty much every practice because he's just like, this is new territory for me. I I, mean, I guess the, the practices aren't on, high on his list. So, And hopefully Munter is on the power play. And then what about the Eric Stahl news? Yeah, Maurice, uh, you know, he made some adjustments. It sounded like at morning skate before, the day before the game, it looked like Montour was going to slot back into that uh, first power play unit. And yeah, like you said, the signing of Eric Stahl in the middle of, of the, they announced it before the game against Tampa in the middle of the day. Yes, on uh, Thursday. Or Friday, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so we'll see if he if he pops into the lineup against the Islanders. I think he stayed for a reason, and I think they signed him for the reason that he's going to start and play with the Panthers. Um, Can you guys see Eric Stahl, their fourth-line center? Because that's where they're experimenting with him in, uh, in the preseason, David. And then someone like Cousins or Hornquist, who has struggled, maybe namely Cousins, comes out of the lineup. I could see Paul Maurice sure. making a move like that. Yeah, for sure. I could absolutely see that. I know Nick Cousins is – Struggled off the gate, but you guys touched on it in spaces last night that, you know, the fourth line hasn't gotten much of an opportunity to really get clicking. But we talked about it when games are choppy and it's a playoff type of game like it was against Tampa. The ebbs and flow of the game kind of stop and go, stop and go. So you're going to penalty kill, you're going to power play, you're going to four on four, you're going to three on three. So the fourth line gets kind of mixed up and and disregarded in games like that. So uh, Ryan, hear me out here. I want to play 3D, 4D chess. We all have our opinions on the stalls, Eric and Mark. And, you know, I think okay. Mark's been good the last two games. 
everyone will don't come at me. Don't come at me. But yeah, he's been not bad the last two games. Not that I'm a fan of Mark Stahl's game at all. I'd like him to be sitting our sixth, seventh defenseman. But hear me out. If Eric Stahl gets in the lineup and he becomes the fourth line center, a guy like Lomberg that I love, he'll get more minutes because, you know, Eric Stahl is Paul Maurice's boy. And he's probably going to give that fourth line a little bit more minutes and a little bit more juice. So, you know, if Eric Stahl comes in the lineup, I don't think it's the worst thing because a guy like Lomberg or Hornquist, they might get a few more minutes and, you know, maybe we pot a five on five goal or something. I think Steven, our community said, if Eric Stahl scores one goal in his first five games that he plays, he's going to buy a Jersey. And he sent me a text yeah. and his mom's like, why would you do that? He's not getting any of your money. He's like, because I've stood by him and said that he's going to be an impactful player. So I'm holding him to that. And David, you know how we hold receipts and spaces. We're holding that receipt on uh, Steve that if Eric Stahl scores in his first three or five games or whatever he said, then he's got to buy a jersey. So, but Yeah, we'll see if there's some adjustments made to the lineup tomorrow. Like you said, Eric Stahl could probably make his debut tomorrow or, you know, at the time of this recording when you're listening on Sunday. Uh, what do you want to see on defense, time? David? Do you want to see Carlson back in the lineup? Who should sit? Um, was the defense good enough against Tampa? There so. Should all of them be back in the lineup with the same pairings? What do you think? There? Yeah, I think it should probably be the same. Uh, I think Carlson didn't have a relatively good game when he came in against Philly. He only played like 10 minutes. Uh, so, you know, towards the end of the game, Kierstead was kind of uh, left on the bench. So they were really going with five towards the end of the, the game against Tampa. Uh, and then it dwindled down to four with Mark Stahl, Gudis, Forsling, and Montour pretty much taking up the last 10 minutes of that game. So I think that the defense will be the same. You know, we've, you know, we know Maurice was going to have to make some adjustments along the way. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I, I still think we, we should have the upper hand against the Islanders um, on, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, but yeah. I know Kirby. I, I don't know if you want to touch more on as far as systems of Maurice. Or are, do you think things need to change? I mean, I, we talked about this for the last few minutes here. I don't know if there's any little bit more you want to add. Not not much more to add. I just I feel the fan base was getting frustrated last night with our spaces and some were coming in like tired of hearing the systems. Where is this you know offense and running gun style approach that we had under Brunette and you know, that's where some of the brunette backers are going to be in like, I guess. And then some of the memes and gifts were going out last night, Ryan, I don't know if you saw them. They're like, I guess brunette wasn't the fault of this power play. Like where's the adjustments. Right. And, and I think Maurice does have a little pressure on him this week coming in being like, okay, well, let's go back to Montour. He's in the lineup. He's healthy. Uh, are we going to keep bark off there? If he's not producing, are we going to keep Reinhardt there? If he's not producing five on five on the power play? Um, he tried Hornquist like we did last year. You know, it hasn't been, I would say necessarily clicking people are, were really upset last night. The fan base is like, why do we have Hornquist in front of the net when we brought in a better version of that at a much younger age? in Matthew Kachuk and that should be his role. So why is that like too much redundancy on the power play? Um, fans aren't happy really five and five, but I don't mind the low event hockey when we're really strapped with what we have on the back end with Ekblad out. I don't mind the second period kind of playing out that way, but I think there does have to be a little bit more push, but does that come down to the players guys or does that come down to the coach? What are you, what are your feelings there, Ryan? I mean, you know what I'm going to say? It's going to lead back to one player. I mean, Barkov and Reinhardt aren't doing anything, so I think the power play. I think I think we'll get two power play goals tomorrow. Just just a little hunch, but just to shut us up. Um, but yeah, Barkov and Reinhardt just need to get it done. That's pretty much all there is to our team right now. They're David, what are you seeing at the rink? Are you seeing the same speed from the team? Like no. Maurice was saying, he's not no. going to systems. Like, what are you seeing early? No, on? and and I was going to mention, you know, I was thinking about it all day today as far as Duclair, the absence of Duclair and that that speed that he brings to the team. And, you know, you're instead of having a, a Duclair on that second line, you're having Balsers, who's not as fast, you know, gets, gets more def- defensive-minded for sure. So... There's definitely not that open run and gun play that we're used to last year, but I think defensively we've been a little bit more, I guess, structured and and not caught on on run and gun games, which you know last year suited us well. So far through five games, it suited us has suited us well. Sixteen uh, goals for fifteen against to start, right? Right, so. right. And I think what two of them were empty netters or something like that. One of them were was so, you know, we're we're plus one through five games. You know, I didn't expect us to be plus 100 like we were last year. I don't think any team is really expecting that again like Colorado was. You know, maybe plus 30, plus 35, plus 40, 
around that range. So, you know, it, it, I hope the defense continues to play well, you know, obviously with Ekblad out, but, you know, I've always said it comes down to players at the end of the day. Coaches, coaches get you far, but uh, the coach has to me, the coach has to get his system and his mindset to the players and the players have to buy in at the end of the day. Yeah. It's small things like philosophy, like that goal that Monteur left, like should he leave his man and give it off to the centerman or the winger, just little things like that, that the team has to get used to with systems, but the overall scheme of it, I, you know, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it looks like it's comparable to everyone else has played five games, you know, 16 goals allowed 20, 18. So it's not like a real red flag that we're having to outscore the opponents. You know, we're not seeing five, six goals a night anymore. We're seeing three, four uh, so far through the season. So, uh, you know, it's I'm sure it'll pick up a little bit once Barkov and Reinhardt do get going a bit and the power play starts to click. Um, so hopefully that starts against the Islanders, uh, you know, tonight or tomorrow. Um, but Ryan, you know, it's been a little bit of a long of a while since our losers of the week. So, Ryan, if you want to grace us with your uh, lovely loser of the week, that'd be fantastic. All right. So, you know, it it really wasn't a lot of hockey since, you know, it was the off season. So now it's going to be more more hockey based, but, you know, not not all hockey. But number three, it's going to be it's and it's and it hurts to say because I had high hopes. It's going to be the Miami Hurricanes. I mean, I don't even want to say anything else about the team because they're they're just straight garbage right now. But they uh they're three and four. They just lost to Duke, which is a basketball school. Uh, unlike Gonzaga, who's not a great basketball school. What? <laughs> what? No, I think Gonzaga is a little overrated this year. But we'll yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we that. always get that take. We have to come home with the championship, just like Panthers do. But yeah, yep. it's not good losing to basketball schools on the gridiron. I can say that. You know, it's it's tough. It's real tough. Um, number two. Oof, who do I go with? I have my two things, but you know what? I'm going to go with the Florida Panthers management. Um, first, you know, charging $35 um, for parking is is kind of ridiculous. I think I did the math. It comes out to like $1,400, $1,400 You could You could buy one season seat for less than that, which is kind of insane to think about how the Panthers are coming up with that, that math. Um, then, you know, I, I worked till six. So I, w- I went to the Flyers game on Wednesday, worked till six, left right at six. You know, there was raining. There was, you know, a little traffic, whatever. Got got to the to the Sawgrass Mall, parked at around seven, seven, seven oh five, seven ten, whatever, around there. Then that, you know, you have to walk all the way around because they put a fence up. And, and I was with, you know, a thousand people walking across the thing and didn't even get in till, you know, after puck drop and I needed dinner, you know, and I didn't even, I didn't catch the first for Hague Eagle. So the Panthers need to get their act together. It's kind of ridiculous putting the fence up. So people walk all the way down to the very far gate. Um, it's just Panthers management is not up to par and I hate to say it. Um, yeah. So David, have you heard that a lot? Like with fan base with issues with that, you know? Well, I know the, the, the good thing about the Panthers being by the Sawgrass mall always used to be, you could just park right across the street. And you can, you know, simply walk across uh, and block at people that are actually trying to pay for parking. And you have to w- wait for these people to walk across because <laughs> I've always I've always purchased the parking um, myself. Yeah, it's it's a bit pricey, but especially with a kid now and and a little one, it's a little bit more convenient to you know, have to walk across the street and whatnot. But I mean, thirty five dollars is not bad for twenty twenty two. Come on, I mean, what? Football, football games you spend like I paid twenty five today at the Canes game, and there's only eight of that those. That is the Hurricanes. That is a college. That is a college game. All right, even the Dolphins is is about thirty, and there's yeah. only eight of those games. And how many people go to those games? About like seventy thousand. I mean, come on now. It's it's the same thing. Five dollars. I know it's right on the edge to, of the Everglades, but Ryan, still, can't you just barter with someone to park on their lawn? You and, like, still no, have to walk. It's not close enough. Even no. at the Dolphins and the Canes game, you still have to walk even further than that. From where the Sawgrass Mall is, Get, man, man's I don't think a, so. I know about a fence. Well, now they have the bridge. At, no, at, they made uh, a bridge. You walk real yeah, easy. That's what paid you paid for that with your parking. Maybe the Panthers will make a bridge. The Panthers need to get their get their shit together. Okay, <laughs> so number number one, because the Panthers are a joke. Oh, number gosh. one might be a little combo, but number one is is Alexander Barkov, and we've talked about it. I mean, 
score a goal. I know Kirby's going to say, and other people, oh, there's other things you got to do. But at the end of the day, if you want to be a superstar, you got to score some goals. You got to win some playoff series. You got to do this. You got to do that. And it's year 10, and I'm not seeing it from Barkov. So you only had one bad game, David. Would you say the Boston game? That would yeah. probably be his worst game of the year, I was saying on Twitter. What are yeah. your thoughts on, on Barkov there, David? The- that's no, fine. I mean, he can rack up his secondary assists and get and you know get credit for that like Huberdeau did last year. But it is it is what it is. He's he's my loser of the week and probably will be on my edition of loser of the year. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know where he's going. <laughs> no, I mean Barkov. David's had to hear all the stuff with his guy Huberdeau in spaces <laughs> over this whole offseason. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm having not. to hear it now with hey, David. I'm having to hear it with now with Barkov. I say to my co-host Lex, she loves Gudis and loves Bob and they're playing so well to start the year. I'm like, Lex, I'm hearing a lot of stuff on Barkov every night. But he does need to play better. But, David, I have confidence in him that he has the bark in him. But that 50 goals might be a little high aspirations. But I, think that first line gets going. I mean, he's only has he only has 11 shots on goal through five games. He exactly. needs to pick it up. Like, I, like we've said about the power play, him being up there is just ridiculous. It makes no sense to me. He's standing still. He's not utilizing his vision and his, his his sneaky shot that I thought was, like I said, was going to, you know, push him to at least 18, 20 power play goals. But having him up there is just ridiculous. So when, when Josh Mahura has more goals than Barkov through yeah. five games, I'm a little concerned. How do you have 11 shots on goal and you've been on the power play 20 times? Yeah, Patrick Barkov. He, he should Hornquist. have that just five on five at this point. Patrick Hornquist, who averages 10 minutes a game, has 11 shots, while Barkov averages 20, almost 22 and a half. And has well, Ryan, David loves flash, and Barkov made those two all-world plays, and they just didn't find the battle. That's yeah. fine, but you yeah. could you could do that and, and score, too, but he's not doing it. He's I know it's a good save, thing. but put the he's puck a, in the net. The guy gets paid a lot of thing. money. There's three guys I have my eyes on that need to score relatively quick. Obviously, Barkov and... Uh, Reinhardt are the yep. two that we've highlighted, but there's one we haven't said yet, and that's Lundell. Lundell he only has yeah. one point through the first five games, and we talked about this a lot uh, when before the season started. Would the change from not having Marchman and Reinhardt on his line affect his not just his scoring but his overall play? And we've kind of seen that in then, the first five games, one point, one assist. You got and it. Bennett's holding down that second line spot, and Lundell's. Not doing a lot on that. And put Reinhardt on the third line. We'll see. I mean, so far, so far, sucking. So far, he hasn't touched that first and third. The first three lines, he hasn't touched. I don't think. You guys have problem, Maurice. He hasn't blended the lines at all. He's done it with the defense after penalty kills. Um, I think Kerstad. Someone told me in space suggested he only got two, three shifts. So Maurice is doing some creative things with the defense, but he's not doing anything with the forwards. And I, I want Reinhardt on that first line. But if he doesn't produce, it gets to the point where you have to start jumbling something up. And like two minutes left in a period, why don't drop Reinhardt down to third line, see what he does, and bring White or even Lomberg up to the first line, see what that looks like. But and if it doesn't work, then the next period you start back at your traditional lines. You're not going to get caught with too many men or have the boys confused on the bench that they don't know when to come on and when to come off. You know what I mean? Like there could be things done like that within the game. And I think Maurice has to look at that this week ahead here, these three, four yeah, games. Yeah, I would say tomorrow, I would say the Sunday game, he's going to stick with the lineup. It's not like Barkov and Reinhardt haven't had good chances. Berhage's had good chances. Um, so that first line is still getting really good chances. And I would say they they probably dominated the first line yesterday, five on five against Tampa. So I don't think Maurice is too discouraged at the fact that they uh, aren't necessarily clicking. It's just that they just haven't found the net. They're still clicking uh, offense. They're defensively and then transitioning into offense just hasn't turned into. I'm worried about Lundo and Lusto a bit, though. I think that first line, I agree with you, David. They've got opportunities. Like Ryan says, they do have to finally put in the net. They're paid very well to do that. But third line's concerning me, too, uh, especially on the offensive end. Yeah, Lundell hasn't – I haven't seen those flashes in him being able to really create space for himself to to create good scoring chances. But like we've said, still only five games into the season. Not going to go panic mode just yet. Uh Kachuk obviously leads the way with eight points through those five games. Forsling has five. Um, so there's still some bright spots for sure. Not all you know negative as far as offensive productivity comes from, especially Montour as well, three points in three games. Um, so I, I'm excited. Balsers, you know, hopefully he continues to do good on that second line. But uh, before we wrap it up again, we just want to say thank you for all the support, um, not just on 
uh, on Instagram, you know, followers and, and so many people tagging the account when they're at the games and they're transitioning into the discord, which has been growing every day, uh, which is active throughout the day. Even on days, there's not games, there's constant chatter. So, so much love for the discord community and the, the community we're building there. Twitter, as always, Kirby's holding down the fort. Twitter spaces post game. Um, you know, we usually have 30 to 40 people at the start and we could probably go an hour, an hour and a half talking about the game. Uh, so big love to Twitter as well. Uh, and just overall that we can tell this community is just becoming more and more together. Uh, whether we agree on opinions or not, it's fantastic. Uh, just to see how, how meshed and, and awesome this community is. So big shout out to all you listening and to everyone that's uh, tagging us and, and communicating with us for the Panthers. Cause it's, it's, it's really fun and it's really uh, exciting for me personally to uh to talk with so many people on a day-to-day basis so um you know ryan kirby i know you guys are a part of those as well so thank you for you guys for for participating in that it's just been a really humbling experience for you guys having me create this brand with you two that you guys have grown up together and gone to school together down so no fashion ryan it's really (laughs) it's been really humbling being with you guys and just some of the comments i've got this week and like I trust Kirby. Yeah, he should be <laughs> managing yeah. with Z Like you guys, you guys, it's too Kirby. Crazy. Kirby big timed me yesterday. That's all. No, I'm Ryan. I, I'm trying to go through the recap. I learned this from El Capiano, David. I'm trying to read through. I saw you drop in. I don't want to mic everyone up because I knew Cats was coming in hot, David. I knew everyone was coming hot, and it was good to be like everyone yelling. I know Ryan wants to start, but Ryan, you have the floor. If you want first mic, I thought I had first dibs, Kirby. Before the you week. always have first dibs. You always do. Jamie tries to get in there. He's always gets in there. I'm like, okay, Jamie, yeah, you can go first. But Ryan, you come in. You're there. David even's David's putting his hand up. I'm like David, you don't have to request. You don't have to put your hand up. Just come <laughs> on in, right? So <laughs> Ryan, if you want to start us off with a bang, probably especially when the Panthers lose, right? But you got to show up when they. Oh, win. brother. They what? Get- That's when I'm at my at my strongest. When the oh, no, but then you get everyone. But Ryan, you get everyone riled up. You guys go to bed on the East Coast, and I'm you up. You got to keep like, them grounded, right? <laughs> They're like, what was what was Ryan saying there? But Ryan, you did have um South Florida dude say, "I gotta agree with Ryan." Right now, Barkoff doesn't have any bites, so you got to shut out last night. No bite. It's fine. The bites coming. I'm gonna send it his way. His baby. I is- think I'm gonna bet Barkov to score tomorrow. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> I'm not falling for that again. It's going to be my third game in a row. I had to scrounge around the kitchen today for breakfast because I couldn't go out for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to do it again until he gets one in, and then I might be a little confident on that one. So. Tell me the bite. <laughs> but again, thank you guys for, for you know, it's our first time in a, in a while that all three of us have been together uh, to talk about a few games. So. Good to have you guys with me again together. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Uh, a great week ahead as the Panthers, like we've said, talk play the Islanders on Sunday. Then they go back on the road to play Chicago. And uh, I believe it is Philadelphia we, again. Philly, and then we end with Ottawa. On yeah, and then we end with Ottawa on Saturday. David, um, I just want to jump in. You should mention about our contest there. And then also number two before we go, Ryan's got to bring that up. Uh, reverse retro rankings list next week we got to hold him to that yeah he's got to bring it but like you said i mean i think you're referring to the giveaways i've been doing yeah yeah the giveaways are on the discord i try to include them in instagram discord as always mesh them together uh hopefully i can get some more things together to do next week but yeah as always we're doing giveaways and different polls and all that stuff throughout the week so it's always fun to to see everyone's opinion so Yep. I appreciate you guys as always being with me today and uh, look forward to uh, the game against the Islanders where we can recap hopefully another win. And uh, yeah, until next time, everyone take care. Ryan Kirby, have a great rest of your day. And uh, David, go Panthers. See you Let's tomorrow, go. David. Let's go Barkov. I'll see you Let's at go the Barkov. game, Ryan. Let's go, Let's Barkov. go Barkov. Show me the bite. <laughs> take it easy, everyone. Thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your day and go Panthers as always. Go Cats. Go Cats.